what a beautiful day to be in God's house and to um, feel his presence already through uh, the songs and the uh, uplifting of our faith through singing. It is always encouraging to hear people singing and to have the freedom to be able to lift our hands and worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus, when he was uh, sitting on the well talking to that lady he, that day, he told her that, that that is God's will for us, to, for us to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's God's desire is for you to be a worshiper of God. It is what he intends for you to do. So if you've never done that, we encourage you to do so. Uh, even if you can't sing, uh, unless they'll sing louder and sing over you, it'll be okay. But just open up your mouth and sing, and it brings liberty to our hearts, and we can feel God in a real and tangible way. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And we know what something happens whenever you inhabit somewhere means you take up residence, right? It's somewhere that you go to and somewhere that you walk into. And if you open up your mouth and begin to sing to God, with a voice of triumph, he will enter your heart and you will feel him and know he is near to you. This is week two of Bridge of Hope, a teaching series that we are attempting to uh, help us as the body of Christ to uh, understand hope in a new and real way in our life. And a bridge is a means that we use to arrive at a new location. And the bridge of hope is one that seems to us to be able to reach a place that almost seems impossible, a place that we can't reach. The bridge of hope gets us there. I hope this message series will challenge where we are heading, both as a church and in our personal lives. Look at your neighbor and say that includes you. Hope is what we wish for. But often our wishes are not in line with God's plan for our life. So to see God's hope become a reality, we must add faith to the situation that we have in hand. In my first sermon that I ever preached, I talked about it some last week, was out of Hebrews chapter 11, one of my favorite portions of the Bible. Uh, you're allowed to have favorite portions, but you've got to take the whole thing. Amen? You can have a favorite, but you better accept it all as its entirety and say, if God's word says it, that settles it. Amen? His word is truth, and it affects our lives. In my first sermon, I said this about faith. It's not believing he can. It's knowing he will. So we're going to read Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 1. So if you have your Bibles or if you... Get to it on your phone even quicker. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 1. It says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That which we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought forth a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. 
Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken, he was known as a person who pleased God. Verse 6, my favorite verse in the Bible. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we're grateful for all you're doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this place called The Bridge, this church that you allow us to be a part of. God, I pray today that you would allow a bridge of hope to be built in the hearts and minds of every person sitting here today. God, that their dreams would be your will for their life. And God, they would transition from wishing things that would happen for themselves. It's their desires that they would transition those to your will. They would surrender their will to yours today just as Jesus did upon the cross. God, I hope and pray today that you allow us to walk out of this place with a new and refreshed faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Hope is a word in Scripture that is mentioned multiple, multiple times in the Old Testament and New. And this is just a few-week series, so we've got to just pick and choose a few places that we're going to speak from. Today I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. So if you're taking notes, write that down, Proverbs 13, verse 12. This is a verse that I quote quite often when I think of the word hope. Proverbs 13, verse 12. This is the New King James that I'm reading from here. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The heart is the life-giving organ to the body. Amen? The heart is what pumps the blood that keeps everything refreshed. It takes the oxygen. It, it, uh, it, it really just surrounds your entire body and it pulls back blood from all locations. And if you've got extremities that loses blood flow, you know how that they will die because there is no blood flow there. The heart is a very important part of the body. When your heart is sick, it's not good. Bootsy, one of our newest church attenders, and she's been here for a little while. She comes with Sister Betty all the time, and Bootsy has spent this last week in the hospital and had a heart operation, and uh, she sends her love to us today, and she told me the other day, she messaged me and said, Pastor Ben, I can't come Sunday, but I'll be watching online. So, Bootsy, we love you. Everybody say Amen. Bootsy's got a good heart today because the doctor performed some surgeries and did some things that helped her heart become better. We need a healthy heart. Amen? And we need a spiritual healthy heart. Because when spiritually our heart is sick,
We don't function the way we're intended to. And as I begin to think about this verse, it's, you know, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So sometimes things outside of your body, amen, circumstances that you find yourself in will make your heart sick. Amen? Even though your body is just as healthy as it was 10 seconds ago, a certain situation can happen in your life that will make your heart feel sick in an instant. Not everybody in the room has faced the same situations in life. And I know that depression, that anxiety, that fear, that all these things that we see and know in, in our culture is something that Older generations, when I talk to them, they talk about, well, they say, I don't understand that everybody, every young person I talk to talks about that they have anxiety, that they're stressed out, that they've, and they don't understand because they're not walking in the same shoes that this generation's walking in. Amen? They made it through depressions. They made it through World War One. They made it through World War Two. They, they went through all kinds of uh, troubles and trials in life, but somehow they were designed differently. I don't know why. It's the same body, but they were designed differently. And our surrounding and our upbringing influences how we react to situations in life. Amen? So if you're battling these things known as depression or anxiety or you're overcome with fear... I hope and pray today that we can build a bridge of hope that will get you over those situations so that you don't have to live in that in all of your existence. Everybody say, I hope so. Amen. If you've never faced any of those things, then don't make fun of those who do. That'd be a good place for an amen. few years ago I decided to do something that I thought was something I always wanted to do and we put ourselves in situations that we don't need to be in because it's our desire not his and next thing you know I was sitting at home too many days a week and I become burdened down with depression myself as a pastor of a church nobody's exempt because the enemy of your soul wants to take you out and cause you not to fulfill God's plan for your life. So as I'm talking about this, understand that I'm, you're hearing it from somebody that had experienced depression, anxiety, stress. But I know the God of heaven who can get us through. Come on, somebody. I know the God of heaven that can get us through. Amen. He can create a way where there seems to be no way. And as the song was saying a minute ago, he made a way. Amen. How many believes that? He made a way for you to get through life, to not be burdened down with these situations because the enemy of your soul wants to stress you out, to burden you down, to cause you to live in fear when God says walk by faith. That's easier said than done, but I assure you it's possible. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
So hope is something that we're wishing for, that we're hoping for. It's something we're desiring. And when our hopes align with his hopes, God's will be done. Amen? Amen. Jesus told his disciples to pray that, if it be your will. Amen? We need to go by God's will. And if our desires doesn't align with his desires, we shouldn't be taken back whenever we're facing situations that we've got our own self into that God didn't take us there. But he will still make a way out no matter what. So as I think about this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's something I quote often whenever I say the word hope. If somebody says something about hope, I'll say hope deferred makes the heart sick. Because this is a word in the Proverbs that the uh, Solomon, the, the king of Israel, was naming to the people of Israel, and he's telling hope deferred makes the heart sick. So hope deferred, hope is something you're wanting to get right now, but sometimes it seems like it's far off. It seems like it's unobtainable. And if hope goes on for too long, your heart will get sick of waiting for it. Amen? I'm sick and tired of waiting. How about you? Whatever you're facing, whatever situation you're facing in life right now that you've been hoping for something for a long time, you've had hopes and dreams and ambitions and, and striving and doing the right things and, and wondering, why is this not happening yet? Is anybody there? Whether it's wanting your spouse to come to know Jesus or whether it's wanting your kids to come to know Jesus or whether it's you uh, wishing for a better job or a better occupation and it seems like you're always stuck and it seems like everybody else is getting blessed and here I feel like I'm getting left behind. If you face that long enough, it will make your heart sick. Amen. But the verse don't stop there. It goes on and says, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Amen. When I finally get what I'm hoping for, it's time to rejoice. Paul said in the New Testament, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. I preached a sermon one time entitled Rejoice. It's breaking it down. Rejoy us. Amen. How many's had but joy before in your life at some point? Oh, overcoming joy just come over you. It felt like water flushing over your soul, and it renewed you. It strengthened you, and you felt like you could tackle anything, that nothing was impossible. Joy will bring that to you. Re-joy us. How many would like to see every person in this room have a new and refreshed joy that was overflowing and full of glory and everything that the Bible describes? Amen. A new joy coming to the bridge. Amen. If we all walked around with a smile on our face and an overcoming capability that we know God is doing exceedingly great things above that which I ask or think for, it just overflows and my cup is flowing over. Why? Because it's getting on everybody else. Amen. If we walk around in misery and pain and distraught and tore down and everything is always wrong, what's getting on everybody else? Amen. Let the church be filled with joy. It's God's desire for you to have joy in your life. Rejoice, us, O God. Because I don't want my heart being sick because my hopes are deferred. But when they come, my desires, I get a win every now and then. Amen. It's a tree of life. What is a tree of life? She's got a new tooth. It's not a tree of life. <laughs> Even though it is. It's new. It's growing. It's like... It causes you pain, amen. Poor little Ansley. 
she peed on Rick last week. That was, that was a rough week, wasn't it, Rick? He, this, baby, this baby's sweat. <laughs> so as I was thinking about this, that, that this desire or a hope that we have that comes to pass, it's a tree of life. And it's amazing how that we see whenever uh, a team gets on a winning streak that their ability to understand that I'm going to win again when I walk on the court again or whether I walk on the field again or whatever I'm doing. Whenever we begin to win, it becomes something that makes us think impossible things are possible. Amen? If you've ever won, it causes you to think, yeah, maybe again. Yeah, we're going to regionals. Yeah, maybe we can get through this. I hope we can get through this. Amen. Then the next thing you know is the girls' uh, softball in Lewis County this year ended up making it all the way to the Final Four in the state of Kentucky from a little bitty town and community here in Lewis County. How amazing is that? Whenever you have a hope, when you have a dream, and when you begin to uh, see these wins happen, you can keep going. Amen? It'd been awesome if they'd won state, maybe next year. Let's hope for it. Amen? They've already been to the Final Four, so they should be able to get there again pretty easily. But this tree of life, I begin to think about that, the tree of life. And then I put it in Lewis County terms, and I thought, got to think about trees. Earl makes a living off trees. J.R. makes a living off trees. Rick and Alan, you make a living off trees. It's kind of a tree type of place, right? They'll hug them, but usually they turn them over on their side and hug them as it's falling, and then we'll turn it into toilet paper. How many likes toilet paper? <laughs> Amen. Don't grab about a logger if you're still using toilet paper. Go get you a corn cob or something. Some of the old people in the room know what I'm talking about. <laughs> catalog. <laughs> yeah, catalog. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. Been there. Yeah. Some of you rich folks don't know what we're talking about. Amen. <laughs> but I got to talk about, think about these trees, and I thought, you know, in Lewis County, what, what's trees? And I thought, well, there's a place here known for trees. It's called Twelve Trees. Anybody, anybody know where Twelve Trees is in Lewis County? Twelve Trees. So I began to ponder about that and think about that at 12 trees. And it, it kind of, God used this in my message to put it all together for me and, and paint this picture that sometimes we overcomplicate things. We overthink things. There's a couple in the room shaking their head. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> Amen. We overthink things. God doesn't desire for us to overthink things. Dusty's not guilty ever, are you, about overthinking things? Dusty don't. He just, you know, makes a decision right now and gets it done. And I'm one of the world's worst. They've got all these personality types. You've got to take each test and understand your personality and how you're made up and all this. And psychologists come up with all this stuff. And it, it tells me that I'm an information person, that I'll, I'll, I'll have enough information to make a decision, but for some reason I always need more information. I go study three more blogs and two more essays and just put it all together and, and then still come up there and think, well, I need, to, I need to go find something else. I need more information. God said, no, you already got enough information. Make a decision and go with it. Amen? As Barney Fife said, nip it in the bud. 
Amen. Some of you have been waiting too long to make a decision about something going on in your life. You're thinking about 12 trees when there's really only two. There's two trees. So wherever you go to the Garden of Eden, I don't know what kind of garden it was, but the Bible talks about that there's two trees there. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's your two trees that you can think about. Which one's fruit do you want to live by? The decision we need to make if we don't want our heart to become sick because we're, our hope is deferred is we need to decide what tree am I going to eat from. Amen? Where's my nourishment going to come from? Where's my belief system going to come from? Am I going to believe Billy Bob down the street because he has seven opinions about ten different things? Or am I going to trust the Word of God and if I read it, believe it, walk on it, act it out, and say this is what I believe? Amen? Faith is in this word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's in Romans. It tells you that faith, if you don't have enough faith to get through something today, I assure you what you need to do is get more word in your heart and watch it transform your life. A lot of people say, well, I believe this or I believe that or I've got an opinion about this. Quit giving your opinions. What does the Bible say about the situation that you're facing? There's not 12 trees, there's two trees. And I've got to decide, am I going to go with the one of the knowledge of good and evil? Am I going to eat over there? Or am I going to take the tree of life? Adam and Eve had a decision to make. And God told them, you can have everything here. All of it is yours. Don't eat this one. And we being stupid humans that we are. Amen. I would have you tell your neighbor they're stupid, but I'm afraid you might get beat up or something. There's two trees, dummy. Amen. And the two trees is the two choices. It ought to be pretty simple. It shouldn't be real hard. And the reason we're stressed out and anxiety and all this stuff I believe is facing our generation that we're living in right now is because we've got too many options about everything. The people that lived that simple life back then that got through depression, really all they cared about, Rick, was having enough seeds to plant a garden to gate enough to get through the winter. That was, their, that was their life goal year after year, wasn't it? Go out, till some soil, plant some seeds, get a harvest, can some of it, save some of it, get through the winter, start all over again. That sounds like a pretty simple life to me. Now we got 75,000 different situations because we got too many trees. Amen? We got too many things to choose from. And the reason we're doing having all these uh, anxiety and fear and all this thing that cripples us is because we have too many things to decide from. We, we have too many trees planted and we got too many decisions to make when God says, keep it simple, stupid. Somebody laughed at that one. Everybody say two trees. I know which one I'm going to choose today. Because I know if I'm going to get faith in my life, if my hopes are not going to be deferred, if I'm going to get some desires come to pass, I'm going to transition my desire, the knowledge of tree of good and evil, 
And if I transition over here and say, no, I'm going to take of the tree of life. Everybody say life. Amen. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. We talked about some last week, right? I want life to happen for me. Amen. And when I go over to this tree and I begin to take of it, it's the tree of life. It stems in this word right here. I promise you, this word is life. And when you take these words and you act them out and commit them to memory and understand them and dig deep into this and grow some roots on this word, I promise you it will transform your life. I assure you it will. As I think about those 12 trees and too many trees and everybody's got all kinds of trees. Are you overcommitting yourself? Are you overcommitting yourself? God's not interested in you doing what everybody else does. He made us all unique, and he formed us all with his hands, just like he did with Adam and Eve, in my opinion. He designed you specifically, Cindy, to be Cindy. You don't have to be anybody else. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You just got to be Cindy. And I assure you, Bobby loves you just like you are. <laughs> you don't have to keep up with anybody else. Be you. When we overcommit ourselves, it brings us stress, anxiety, fears. Amen. When we overcomplicate things, it brings about these things. That's not from the tree of life. That's from our tree of knowledge of good and evil that we overcomplicate things. And I'm telling you today, make your life simpler. Dusty told us a while back, whenever they move here in a short season, they're getting ready to move. Still in those counties, staying here at the bridge, not moving from the bridge, staying in the bridge. If you want to calm your fears, I felt anxiety come all over the room when we said Dusty was moving. Youth group's like, what? No. I love Dusty. I love Albie. He said he's not going to take a whole lot with him because he wants to live what kind of life? Minimalist life. If you don't know what minimalism is, you go watch a few YouTube videos. They're out there everywhere. Minimalism is a way of life. It's where the tiny houses and all the things that you see, all these TV shows, it's all, it goes about this minimalist. And the easier it is to live, it's truly a simpler life when we live with less. Everybody say, I don't need any more. I need less. Amen? I need less. I don't need any more. I need less. Amen? Because when you take those complicated things out of your life and you've overcommitted yourself to everything and everybody and it feels like you're stressed out because now what can I do and I can't get over here to help her because I've already promised myself to be here today and it's just chill out. Calm down. Do life God's way. I assure you simplicity is the best. Another thing is, are you keeping too many doors open? Hoping something will come from one of them. 
So this 12 trees thing is something I thought about. We keep too many doors open. We keep too many possibilities open. We won't make a decision because we think, well, I need to keep this one open, 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 hoping one of them will eventually come to pass so that we can feel like we win. Close some doors. Amen? Jesus said, I'll stand at the door and knock. And if you'll open, I'll come in and sup with you. Amen? Are we opening the door for Jesus to come in and transition our life from the old way of thinking to the new way of thinking? Are we allowing him to tell us, yeah, you've always believed this, and yes, you've always been told this, and grandma told you this, and mom told you this, and, and everybody in your community told you this, and you think it's reality, and you think it's scripture, but whenever you finally dive into the word of God and say, does that really say that? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Really? Is it really in the Bible? Do we quote it all the time as biblical? Maybe we need to look that up. Amen. The truth is this, not what somebody else said. We pollute this when we let other people tell us what it says. The Bible says that this is not given by any private interpretation. Peter says that. It's not any private interpretation. I don't need anybody to tell me what this says. God will reveal it through His Holy Spirit and make alive His Word in my heart. Amen. Close some doors. I promise you, if you dig into this, if you begin to read this Bible and try to understand it and pray for understanding, ask God, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what you're saying to me. It might be one verse a day. It might be ten verses a day. Whatever works for you is okay. And as you begin to read it, and maybe something's going to jump off the page and say, I need to shut that door because God's Word says I don't need to do that. Amen? It will simplify your life. God is not confused. It's us. The tree of life was in the Garden of Eden and also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Some of us may need to open heart surgery today, spiritually, for that God comes in and cracks us open and goes in and really goes to work. Others of us may not be as sick as others, and maybe they can go in and he can go in and do a couple stints. We're not all the same, and we're not all in the same place, but I believe that God wants to get involved in your heart today to take up residence and change a few things in your life. The Message Bible says this about this verse in Proverbs. Leslie's talked about the Message Bible a few weeks ago, and it's a Bible that, you know, it's, it really clarifies and it makes it a clear understanding we can have. If you don't have a Message Bible that's online, you can go on Bible Gateway. It's free on there. It's a nice app, and you can get on there and see that, the Message Bible. Is on that. It says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick. About this verse. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick. Everybody say, I'm sick of losing. Amen. I'm sick and tired of losing. Amen. I don't want to lose anymore. I'm ready to start winning. Amen. I want on God's team, and God's not a loser. Amen. He's a winner. The old song says, I'm a winner either way. If I go or if I stay, amen? I want to be a winner. I want to be on God's team because he's going to cause me to be a winner. Even though others may look at him and say, well, Ben, he's a loser. 
<laughs> you don't know what I'm walking in. Amen. If I'm walking in the joy of the Lord, it doesn't matter that I might not have clothes like everybody else. It might, don't matter that my house is not as good as somebody else. If I got the joy of the Lord, I'm going to walk around with the abundance of heaven dripping from me. And everybody around me is going to say, wow, I want a dose of what he's got. Amen. They'll be sick of looking at the houses. They'll be sick of driving all the fancy cars. They'll be sick of all that because they know there's something different about that person. When I got saved and I went on a job site, they had seen the old me. And I walked on this job site, and they looked at me, and they said, What is different with you? Jesus. Amen. Jesus is what's different with me. He changed my life. He changed how I act. He changed how I talked. He changed how I walked. People recognized it. It wasn't a month later after I got saved that they started saying, What has got into you? I'm a new man. The Bible says I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm walking a little differently. I'm talking a little differently. I'm doing the things that God's called me to do. Some of them say, well, that's dumb. You mean you're not going to work Sunday for double time? If it's optional, now I won't. Sometimes if I work a job and commit to a job and my commitment is to finish the job, sometimes I have to. That's okay. Nurses, you probably ought to show up on Sunday. <laughs> Amen. How many of you about like to be laying in the hospital and all the nurses just like, nah, Sunday, not going to work today. <laughs> Taking the day off. It's the Lord's day. You can't work, right? But whenever it was optional, and they said, do you want to work Sunday? And I'd say no, and everybody would look like, what is wrong with you? It's double time. You don't understand what I'm getting when I go to church, and I walk up to the tree of life, and I walk out feeling like I'm walking on clouds, and you don't understand. You may desire all that money, but I don't desire it anymore. Amen? It's Because why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. I know that. I understand. Why? Because this Word tells me that. Yeah. Amen? They don't understand it when you start doing those things. They'll say, wow, what's got into you? Jesus. Make it real simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't go into great detail. Just say, if they say, what's got into you? Just say, Jesus. Get you a little dose of it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Amen? Accept him, accept him come in your life and watch what he'll do. I'm ready for that kind of turnaround that the Bible says here. It says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But a sudden good break can turn your life around. How many's ready for a turnaround? You've walked in here today. You may be broke, busted, and disgusted. Amen. Wondering where the next car payment's going to be made from. Having all these things and issues of life and burdened down with the sins and cares of this world. And you're ready for a turnaround in your life. You may be saying, I'm ready to turn my life over to him. I want my desires to be his desires. I want the things that the preacher's talking about today. Because why? I'm ready for a turnaround. Second Corinthians 5, 5 through 8. I'm reading this and then I'm about done here. Now he who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. 
So we're always confident knowing that while we are yet at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Have you ever had a spiritual event with Jesus? That you were in a moment of worship, maybe a moment ago when we were singing? And it feels like you've got this out-of-body experience that's worth just nothing in this world. No concerns, no desires, no ambition, nothing. Just you and Jesus, and you felt the freedom in an instant when you felt His Spirit. We can have out-of-body experiences here on this earth when we turn our lives over to Him and say, Your will, not mine. I'm ready for you, Jesus. Faith is the planks on the bridge of hope. The faith planks are what you walk on to see your hopes become a reality. They got that picture you said? Can you guys put that picture up for me? Anybody want to walk across that? <laughs> Anybody ever walked on a, on a hanging bridge, a, a walking bridge? Used to be one out Kenny there, crossed over. I remember Dad taking someone when I was a little kid. I was freaked out and scared to death. And that there's missing a few boards. At <laughs> least if it had all the boards on it, it would be a little more safe, Alan. It would be a little bit easier to walk across. But that one there, I, I, sometimes you're going to have to hold on and try to get over there. Right? And, and it's, it seems like it's too far in between them. Faith is the planks on that bridge of hope. What we need today is more faith, not more hope. I encourage you today to believe God and trust Him right now because I assure you His desire is for you to live a, a, a life well-pleasing to Him and He wants to take away your anxieties and fears. What I'm telling you is He wants to put a few planks on your bridge. He wants your life to be easier, not harder. As humans, this is hard for us. To allow Him to make the way that we walk instead of us making our own way. Leslie, go ahead and play. I hope and pray today in this place that something that's been said or done in this room has added faith to your life and it's increased your faith that you can believe that it's not only your neighbor that God wants to bless, but he wants to bless you. And I'm not talking about blessing you with things. I'm talking about blessing you with faith. The tree of life. He has a single tree for your life and that tree is one that's going to produce fruit in your life. It's the tree of life. It's not death. Apply these words in your heart today and accept them. That it's God's will for you to live a blessed life. And I'm not saying that you won't live a life that don't have turmoil and 
have a few bumps in the road, amen, as a Christian. I know in my Christianity that I've lived thus far that I've seen good times and I've seen bad times. Amen. Sister Joanne's been there in this for a long, long time. She can tell you a story about when me and Leslie first come to church here, Sister Joanne was here and Lovell had just joined the church right before we came, her husband. And she had prayed for years and years and years and years for Lovell to come to know Jesus. She'd walk out the door on Sunday morning, Lovell, you going to go with me? Nope. He'd go on his drives, wouldn't he? Sister Joanne come to church anyway. Kept praying, kept believing. Had people praying with her, had people around her, surrounding her, saying, we're going to believe God's going to get to level. One day she walked in, Sunday morning, had no idea it was that day. Said, Lovell, you going to go to church with me today? Yeah, I think I will. They come walking and they sit down in this room. And Lovell come up right up here to this altar. And he gave his life to Jesus. And he lived the rest of his days with a smile on his face and a pep in his step that he had the tree of life. Don't wait too long. Today would be a good day. Don't stop believing. If that's you, quit trying to fix it yourself and just say, God, only you. Only you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me, if you will. Nobody looking around. Nobody worried what your neighbor's done or anybody else in the room. There's some people in this room today as I was talking about 12 trees and open doors and all those things. You begin to sit there and think and the Holy Spirit checked you and said, that's you. You got too much going on and he's telling you today to simplify your life. Quit doing it your way and do it my way is what God's telling you. If that's you in this place today and you're saying, I want to live a simpler life. I want to do it God's way. I'm tired of doing it my way. Christian, non-Christian, believer, unbeliever, whoever you are in this room today, you're ready to go God's way. Just lift up your hand and say, that's me. I'm ready for a simpler life. Amen. Thank you for those hands everywhere, everywhere. Amen. 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 Beautiful. You can put them down. There's others of you in the room today that I know that God has given you God desires and God dreams and He showed you visions and you've seen these things in spiritual realm and you know that they're going to happen someday but they haven't happened yet. And you've been wondering and it seems like it's waited way too long and hope deferred makes the heart sick and you're sitting here today knowing man, it's been too long. God Go ahead and do this. I'm ready, but I'm tired of putting my own planks down and walking on them. I'm ready for you to increase my faith, put some planks on my bridge, and let my bridge of hope be filled with the 
planks of faith so that I can walk by faith and not by sight. And what I'm saying is you need to turn around right now of a situation in your life. And you're ready to believe God like you've never believed before. And you're turning it over to Him right now and saying, God, I'm ready. Move this mountain. I'll speak to this mountain. Be cast into the sea because I've got a grain of faith mustard seed and I'm trusting you right now. God, I know that you're well able to accomplish these things and I'm walking by faith and not by sight. If that's you in this place today, you need to turn around. I want you to lift up your hand. Anybody here? Amen. 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 A turnaround. God, do it your way. Fix it because only you can. If you've never known God as your Savior, you've never trusted Jesus with your heart, today would be a good day to give your life to Him and go from that life to this life. I encourage you in this room today, give your life to Him. You won't be disappointed. It will make you better. No eyes looking around. Everybody, everybody bow their heads. Is anybody here saying that's that's me, Pastor? I, I'm today. I'm I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm ready to turn it over to Him. I need to be saved. Today is my day. Anybody here? Lift your hand if that's you. Amen. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? There's another one. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Today's the day. I feel God calling me. Tell me. Give your life to me. Amen. You can put those hands down. I want everybody in this room to pray with me. Everybody here, pray with me. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive me for my sins, for my faults, for my failures. Allow me to make Jesus the Lord of my life. That he would lead me, that he would guide me, that he would teach me truth and that he would engraft the Holy Spirit in my heart to change my way of thinking that I could see you in a simpler way of life. Let anxiety go. Let fear go. Let depression go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.